Hey, hiya, howdy, salutations, and welcome to the Harlots of History podcast. This is the show for the curious listener, the raunchy feminist, the sex-positive comic, co-hosted by us, your resident amateur historians who love a side of sexy with their history. Listen as we chat and lecture each other on infamous mistresses, lovers, sex workers, courtesans, madams, vamps, sirens, scam artists, and of course, harlots. I'm Emily. And I'm Kara Mia. So go grab your salty snacks and a fizzy drink of your choice. Sit back and be entertained. We fully endorse this show to assist you, listener, as a procrastinator. This show also contains alcohol, some colorful language, and sexual content, and is not appropriate for those under 18. Sorry, not sorry to our children and pets. Why, hello, and welcome to our third mini-sode. And Emily, what kind of mini-sode is it? It's a spooky mini-sode. <laughs> that was so drawn out. I love it. I love it. I know, oh, my it God. It feels like this whole year has been drawn out. I've been waiting for Halloween since, like, sometime mid-March. Right? Oh, we, we love Halloween over here at Harlots of History. And you better believe we're still going to do costumes and fun things and get in the spirit of it, even though we are not going to be going trick-or-treating. I am never leaving my house again. (laughs) Right. Emily's just going to show us how she does Halloween and her fat. It's just going to be a lot of like CW reruns, isn't it? No, they're not. I don't have any new shows. I've already rewatched every CW show I can think of. Like during quarantine, like I rewatched, I just rewatched Legends of Tomorrow. I watched for the first time Legends of Tomorrow. I'm rewatching Riverdale. I rewatched The Flash. Like I'm running out of things. I need to go get a job. But I, real quick, my, my Halloween costume this year, I'm just going to dress as a ghost and then stand in front of my window and stare at people. With these spooky eyes for like hours on end. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to stand there. You have this really thought out. I just came up with it just now. I was going to say, because like, I thought people like usually use like ghosts as like a last minute thing. Like their outfit didn't work out. And I'm like, Emily's really planning this out. She must have something really spooky planned. <laughs> I was always a witch every year. No matter what, like every year I was like, I'm going to be something different. And then I was like, nope, I have to be a witch. Yeah, Zelda Zelda's in the witch mode now. She wants to she was a witch last year and she wants to be a witch this year and send you a picture of my grandmother because she would she was an actress and she would always dress up as a witch and she was so spooky, she would go all out. She was so scary that there's a picture of her holding me and smiling and I'm just screaming my head off. <laughs> oh my gosh. See, they also had little witches like all over their house. It was really cute. Okay. That is so cute. All right. Well, you know what? This is, I mean, the Halloween spirit. It's like so in the upcoming spirit of Halloween. I love a good hoax as much as the next person. I know you love a good hoax. And I discovered a trio of hoaxy harlots who persuaded the world that they could communicate with spirits. And they almost single-handedly launched a mass religious movement, spiritualism. Oh, that's so, cool. Right? Leah, Maggie, and Kate Fox make up the Fox sisters or the sisters Fox. So let's just jump right into Or There's three of them. The charmed ones. They're the charmed ones. Oh, totally. Yeah. Their whole story is rather witchy, honestly. We are going to start in the winter of... 1847-1848, the Fox family were renting a house near present-day Newark in New York. The house came with more than they bargained for. (laughs) It was haunted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
ghosts. Oh, right. At least according to the neighbors, someone had been murdered in their house. So by the end of March in 1848, the Fox parents were at their wit's end. All month long, they had been deprived of sleep because of thuds in the night. No matter what they did to change their sleep schedule, the thuds came. They became louder and more frantic, and they seemed to follow... Maggie, who was age 14, and Kate, who was age 10, around the house. Little did their mother know that her daughters were having fun at her expense. Their mother was very superstitious and inclined to think that spirits from the netherworld were targeting her children. (laughs) That would be me as a mother. So their like, wrappings, right? No, totally. Like, I, I, I don't know. It just, it seems so like this story seems so, I just don't understand how it got as far as it did. I had to keep telling myself it was a different time. It, it was because I, we, I was shocked when you said like 1850. So uh, their wrappings, like, you know, the knockings, their wrappings, which they became so famous for, started with an apple on a string that they would manipulate to bounce off the floor. So it's like these kids were literally playing a prank. Their no, but, mother. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. You wonder, but at the same time, like, it's like the Salem witch trials. Like, how the fuck did that go as far? And it was like the same thing. It was like kids playing a trick. Right. And like kids bored, kids doing this. And then, you know, it starts off like this little bit of a like community frenzy with the neighbors. And yeah. So they're bored. What were you supposed to do back then? Uh, Yeah. Right. Of course you were bored. And especially like butter. Right. Especially like, I don't know if like daughters were afforded the same education as sons and yeah. Probably not. So their mother, frantic with fear, sent her husband to fetch a neighbor on March 31st, giving her daughters their first audience. Throughout the next couple of days, Kate and Maggie helped the spirit develop a code to communicate through snaps. While Katie challenged the invisible spirit, asking it to communicate by returning the snaps of her fingers, it did while answering personal questions, uh, personal questions about the Fox children. So the spirit, how would a spirit snap? So that that's what is so insane about the story. So it's like the spirit, AKA Maggie revealed that its name was Mr. Splitfoot, which is a nickname for the devil. And like through the half guesses of the neighbors and some partially concocted tales, the spirit became like, so it evolved through all these people's guesses and the girls like trying to make up this story. It became the ghost of a peddler who was believed to be murdered in the house five years earlier. It was believed that his remains were in the cellar because some bone fragment had been claimed to be found down there. So we'll get into how they may have made these snaps and wrappings, but they really convinced hundreds, if not thousands of people. So here's an excerpt of a session with Maggie leading, you know, the the snappings or wrappings and snappings and talking to the spirit. She said, now count to five, she ordered. And the room shook with the sound of five heavy thuds. Count 15, she commanded. And the mysterious presence obeyed. Next, she asked it to tell the neighbor's age. 33 distinct raps followed. If you are an injured spirit, she continued, manifest it by three raps. And it did. (laughs) Right? Was there only like two of them in the room at the time? No neighbors. So, um, in the. No, say only two of the girls, or were all of the girls there? So, Leah comes into play later. She's a lot older than her. She's like 18 years older 
than her sisters. Oh, wow. So she's at this time is married. She comes into play later. Right now we're just really focusing on Maggie and Kate. Okay. I was just thinking that like two of them were in the room and they like the other third one was like no, no, in no. the other this, room. Like, no, no. The two sisters in the room and it's by them both being in the room, somehow somebody was rapping and knocking and snapping and thudding. Okay. Which so is just like, like oh. so crazy to think about, right? And so in this spiritual frenzy, the town became convinced that the murderer had been someone who had previously lived in the house. A man named Bell was shunned by the whole community because everyone believed he was the murderer of the peddler that the girls probably made up. What? So they're yeah, they're affecting people's lives now. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Fox family abandoned the haunted house partially to escape the crowds that came to see the little girls that could talk to ghosts. Their sister, Leah, who was 18 years older, had been married living in Rochester, and either she chose to have the sisters come live with her or they were sent. There are many conflicting accounts of whether Leah knew her sisters were frauds, but she decided to profit off them or whether she truly believed them. And Right. So it's like it's like it's so that part is so murky about them. Leah also later claimed to be a medium, but she was like definitely more respectable and low key than her sisters. And of course, as they, anyway, they could have actually been. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll get into that. And of course, when the girls moved to Rochester, New York, the wrappings followed them and. Just a quick note, Rochester, New York is in the Finger Lakes region where Mormonism and the precursor to Seventh-day Adventism were formed. Like, there's just a lot of religious fervor in this whole region, which I thought was really interesting. I feel like I've heard of Rochester as like a haunted place. Probably. All of New York is haunted. (laughs) Yeah. I can hear that. <laughs> my family's from upstate New York. <laughs> I My family's from Manhattan. <laughs> See? Yep. A lot of hauntings there, too. So mm-hmm. a radical Quaker couple, the Posts, invited the girls into their home and became convinced that these girls were the real deal. So then the word spread around the radical Quaker community, and it formed the foundation for the spiritualism movement. And we'll talk oh, more about wow. that in a second, right? It's it, like Maggie and Kate performed their wrappings before a paying audience at a hall that the Post rented out for them in 1849. It was one of their, the first public demonstrations of spiritualism ever. And so this like, and the sisters must've made the connection that they could get rich from it. I mean, yeah. Like if you fill a hall at one buck a head, right? Yeah. But that's this a lot is of money back then. This is where it kind of gets a little upsetting, though. They were forcibly examined after their performances at this hall, even manhandled, like directly manhandled by people who wanted to prove if they were frauds. I mean, like they were forced to let like groups, this group of women disrobe them to see if they were faking. And like the middle of the auditorium. I mean, I'm sure that they took him to a room. But like the thing that's important to remember, they're 15 and 11 at this time. 11? 15 and 11. Maggie's 15. Uh, Kate is 11. Yeah. So they're still so young. And at this time, yeah, it's just, and then it was determined through all this disrobing and whatever that they were no hoax. So then their sister, Leah, their older sister moved them into a house where they started to charge $1 a head for seances. And this is where we kind of need to freak out about how a childish prank out of boredom spiraled into this mass movement and a celebrity status for Maggie and Kate. A you group they were of, really good entrepreneurs. Right? Right. In a way, like, if they're really, I, I, I don't, I honestly think that they never thought it would go this far. 
We have to do a seance to ask them for tips on how to be famous. <laughs> right? That's so funny. Uh, so That's awesome. A, That's really a group cool. of men attempted to kidnap Maggie because they were offended Ugh. by the show. So, like, I guess saying these girls had no idea what they got themselves into. They became famous as mediums, and they were literally seen as proof to launch the spiritualist movement. So, spiritualism is kind of a hot mess. Um, It is a belief that the spirits of the dead exist and that we can communicate with them, which is, like, not that hard to believe. But it it really has snowballed, and it did snowball. I mean, I believe that. Right? Yeah. But, like, you know... Just some of the yeah. offshoots of it. And so the mediums that we're used to seeing today on TV, like stem from the spiritualist movement. So one thing oh, that is like okay. actually really cool is that many early spiritualists were female and they championed champion for like abolition for like, you know, freedom from slavery and women's suffrage. Oh, wow. So I thought that was just right. Isn't that kind of cool? That is, that is really cool. And I also think that it's no coincidence that this movement became really popular during and after the Civil War because, you know, so many people were dying in the U.S. And the revolutionary changes in science that were happening at this time, everyone wanted to talk to their deceased loved ones. And you ready to have your mind blown? Yes. Mary Todd Lincoln even had a seance at the White House in order to talk to her deceased son. Oh, my gosh. Lincoln attended. Wow. That just shows you like the, the the far reaching of like the just these girls. Like, you know, they they helped launch this movement unknowingly and it got all the way to the White House. That's crazy. Yeah. And actually Arthur Conan Doyle, you know, Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. He was actually a famous spiritualist and a seance was conducted at his funeral. At his funeral? And yeah, and Harry Houdini actually grew famous by traveling the U.S. and debunking spiritualists, which is wow, just like, I didn't right? know that. Right? Yeah. So after Maggie and Kate became popular, hundreds of spirit um, mediums emerged and tons of instances of wrappings occurred because being a medium was seen as respectable. Whereas if like it happened 200 years earlier, you know, they were called a witch. Yeah. That's so weird. Okay. Right. And so some really famous people came to their public seances like Sojourner Truth and William Lloyd Garrison, the really famous abolitionist. People would ask questions from like, what is the state of affairs on railway stocks to love affairs? And then they would always like get to talking about the dead. Always for personal gain. Like, that's what people first want to know. Right. And uh, so when you start talking to the dead, though, you start getting into religious territory, which is why a lot of Christians consider them heretics. Mm hmm. And this, you, this part made me laugh so hard, Emily, because you're my grammar queen. One ghost the girls love to quote unquote speak to was Benjamin Franklin. And some of the audience members noted that his grammar and spelling were terrible compared to how he wrote when he was alive. <laughs> what? So they were like, um, this is not this is not Benjamin Franklin. This is actually like a 12 year old girl. Right. And the lack of. <laughs> Parental supervision also gave the girls a lot of chances to drink wine. And it actually, I mean, they became alcoholics in their later life. And it oh, started really pretty sad. early. I know. And it's just like, we what have happened to, to their parents. They, they were managed by their sister and then they kind of just went off. Their parents aren't ever really mentioned again. Did they kill them? Dun, dun, dun. No, they didn't. <laughs> but but we have to remember these girls are still in their teens at this point. All this stuff is happening and they're in their teens. 
I mean, what would you do if you were like a teenager that became famous? Like, oh, yeah, of course you drink wine. Like, what else are you going to do? Honestly, and like their story honestly follows a lot of like teenage celebrities that are famous for not an actual skill, but famous to be famous. And it's like, they're really, they're trying to grasp on everything. You'll see as like we travel through their life, they're just trying to make money from anything that they can do because they have no other skills, but then being in the public eye, it's actually so sad. Yeah. That makes sense. I know. So since the beginning of their public seances, the girls were under suspicion for being frauds and heretics. And many try to figure out how they made the raps. Many, I'm talking like so many universities and physicians concluded that they were making the sounds by cracking their toes. What? <laughs> and it's called toology. Yeah, it's like a thing. What? Can you crack toology? your toes? Like, okay, so could you ever crack your toe loud enough for someone to hear it at like the back of an audience hall? Hold on. That's how loud the girls were doing. I'm trying. Wait, hear it? No. <laughs> That's not cracking. Hold on. But like they have to be touching it and they weren't touching it. Oh, I just did it. Hold on. Nope. You didn't nope. hear it. Nope. Didn't hear it. That just proves. How could they be cracking Here. their toes? You hear that? Oh, yeah. It's my fingers. Ah, that's so loud. <laughs> I know. My fingers. I'm going to have arthritis in like a year. Um, But aren't, weren't they also like not touching their toes? I, so like that's, I don't know. And like could have been some other joint. Some said it was them tapping their foot under their long dresses. Because remember like dresses reach to the ground at this time. Oh, that seems a lot more, more probable. likely than cracking your toes. Because you also have to have some sort of pressure on your toes to crack them. Right. So if you're and- not like, it doesn't make any sense. Toology sounds like a pseudoscience. It sure is. And then uh, <laughs> during one performance, cushions were placed under their feet and no communication with the spirits happened that night. It did not hurt their popularity, though, because they said that the spirits could not respond because the audience was not pure of heart. <laughs> what? They're very They're clever. So smart. They're like, oh, yeah, the, the <laughs> spirits hate you. Right? It's, yeah, it sounds like they were tapping their feet. Right. I agree. And so they also began to add like more production value to their seances. And so like erythral music was added and like there was like this mystical light. And to this day, no one still really knows how they produce this light. I guess it was like really awe inspiring and it would like surround them. And I don't know. It's just like really cool. They were they were true magicians. Harry Houdini said that under the proper conditions, it can be very hard to determine a sound source, which may be why the girls act was so convincing and it was like kind of true if you close your eyes like cover your eyes and make someone like make a sound and you have to guess from where it's coming from it's like so it's so hard yeah and you can't tell it's like it's like ventriloquism mm-hmm. right like that's that well i mean that's like a little different but yeah you can't tell because you don't have anything to orient yeah exactly and so the girls were super famous of course in the u.s but they became really famous in england because spiritualism also became really famous in england and leah was really able to make a, their older sister was able to make a respectable life for herself as a medium while her sisters were trying to perform more and more spectacular feats and they were kind of starting to careen out of control leah married a wall street banker and she became a society lady in the spiritualist movement <laughs> so That's the cool. sisters I went like completely different cool. direction she sounds kind of cool, though. Right, level-headed. 
right? Yeah. Yeah. It does. So this is where it gets real sad. So Maggie oh. seemed to feel the most guilty throughout her life regarding her hoaxes. She converted to Roman Catholicism and she thought her powers were diabolical, but this was because, of course, of a man. Um, she had an ill-fated love affair with a famous Arctic explorer who died when she was not. Yeah. Yeah. He's, but he was kind of a, but he was the one who was like, your powers are diabolical. And you must well, be like eaten by a, a like a, a lady wolf who was sick of his yeah. patriarchy. Probably because he died during the expedition. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. He and I'm glad, you know, but again, it did not work so out cold down there. But that's really sad. She was probably really sad after that because she was not yet 20. Oh, yeah. And then Your his first love and oh right, we all know and, how that goes. Ugh. And supposedly they got they got married in secret. And after his death, their his parents refused to acknowledge their marriage. She wasn't allowed to come to the funeral, and they refused to give her any of his his estate. That's so sad. And so she, her self-loathing and pain and loss caused her to drink even more. Yeah. And then Kate, the youngest, married a London barrister who also died, leaving her a young, she was a young widow with two young children. And she also began to drink more heavily, right? Oh, that's so sad. How old was she when that happened? I mean, they they were in their 20s. Like super but, young. Yeah, like really young. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so this is where like the bad blood between Leah and her sisters, Maggie and Kate, really began to show. Like Leah was a society woman and her sister were alcoholics, you know. Right. That were yeah. And Leah also believed that they were hurting the spiritualist movement. And both of them would take extreme like all of them would take extremely public jabs at each other, like through the newspaper and stuff. But Leah tried to have Kate's children. Um, taken away from her because she thought that she wasn't a fit guardian because of her alcoholism, which probably was a good call. Yeah, that's oh, that's so really yeah, sad, though. It's so like, sad. It's sad that she got driven to that point, too. And so, honestly, though, it's so weird. Like, for 40 years, like, so, like for, like, 30 years, I guess, like, next to nothing is known about, like, I couldn't find anything about their life. So, it's like, you had to imagine that they were just, like, struggling to hold on. But, like, 40 years after their very first hoax in that farmhouse, Maggie did a public confession at the New York Academy of Music. She demonstrated how her and Kate accomplished their wrappings, and Kate confirmed everything she said. Leah kept advocating for spiritualism, saying that the 1500 that Maggie was paid bribed her to confess, which, I mean, is a good point, but still. But then Maggie signed, uh, published a signed confession that said, My eldest sister took Katie and me to Rochester. There it was that we discovered a new way to make the wraps. My sister Katie was the first to observe by swishing her fingers she could produce certain noises with her knuckles and joints and that the same effect could be made with her toes. What? Right? Finding that we can make wraps with our feet, first with one foot and then with both. We practiced until we could do this easily when the room was dark. She said she was actually pressured by the spiritualist to recant this confession a year later. But um, maybe she also realized by by coming out with this, she cut off her only income. Oh, yeah. Right? As a medium saying that, she like really cut off her only income. Yeah. Like that's like, yeah. And then Maggie and Kate came out strongly against spiritualism again. They said it was a hoax, falsehood, superstitious. Kate was quoted as saying, I regard spiritualism as one of the greatest curses this world has ever known. And during all, right? Like it's, they flip and flop. 
I know. But I mean, that's also like so much societal pressure too, like from different Everything. spots. Yeah. Yeah. Was there any way like she was trying to get her kids back by saying that? I, I have no, like I said, like, cause this was so long ago. What, yeah. Right. And it's also sad because even while they're flipping and flopping, they still needed to return to work as mediums in order to make money. But their oh, reputation was like ruined. All they knew. Yeah. Oh. But their reputation was ruined and their popularity wasn't there. And they both died in poverty. Maggie and Kate did. And they were buried in pauper's graves. Oh, that's sad. Also, why the fuck do you have pauper's graves? It's so fucking classist. I agree. And uh, to this day, the sisters are mentioned in parapsychological, like pseudoscience literature. And they are seen as a proof for many modern mediums and their confessions as frauds are conveniently left out yeah well also it's too like confessions like as we've been talking about like it's like right hard to yeah i mean people's confessions like those don't sound like they're necessarily obtained under torture like they used to be but it's like in a way like psychological torture yeah 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 Yeah, Yeah. agreed but here, here's something that's like more fun is that in the early 1900s, a false wall was discovered in the girl's old haunted home, quote unquote haunted home. And the bones of a man were discovered, supposedly <gasps> the peddler, because they what? were estimated to be over 50 years old. <gasps> right. The discovery was written about in the Boston Journal. The article was called Bones in an Old Spook House. Oh, my God. I believe them. So it said a researcher concluded that this was a further hoax, that the bones were mostly animal, but I, like, want to think, what if? Let's just give it to no. them. What if? Yep. <laughs> yeah, they can have this one. We give it, we'll give it to you guys. Right? And yeah. so one thing, the Fox sisters were said to have paved the way for future female performers, like in vaudeville. Because, you know, they they were doing this and they were, for a time, financially independent and ambitious, which was, like, really rare for females in, like, the 1850s and 60s. That's so cool. And, of course, life ate them up and spit them out. But their story is still very alive today. And I had so many good sources for this one, like, so many well-written articles. Uh, In the Joints of Their Toes by Edward White for the Paris Review. (laughs) God, I love it. It's the best name of an article ever. Right? The Fox Sisters and the Rap on Spiritualism by Kara Abbott for the Smithsonian Magazine. And the podcast episode by Stuff You Missed in History Class, which is like one of my favorite podcasts of all time. I know. It's so good. That was really good. That was so uh, interesting. I love that so much. I also really like that we like don't know anything about our like mini episodes people. Right? Oh, and like, I just, these, these girls were awesome, but good job. Thank All you. Right. <laughs> so thanks for listening to our podcast, Harlots of History, guys. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. Come see how cute we are on Instagram at Harlots of History. And if you enjoy us like we enjoy you, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. It helps us tremendously. We release new episodes every Monday and salacious mini-sodes every Thursday to help you get through your week. Next week, we will be talking about La Voisin. Ooh, poison! Poison, poison, yeah. poison! <laughs> and poison. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so excited. <laughs> I know, it's a really, really good one. It's so interesting. Um, so join us next Monday. This is Emily. And this is Karamia, taking back the word harlot. One episode at a time. Be a harlot. Not a hater. Bye! Bye! Bye.